Hey guys, so I am finally by myself, <laughs> so I can do an update. I have been uh, with someone of some sort um, since my first surgery, March 12th. And even though it's a blessing that my husband could be home for a whole month, um, he did have to go back to work today, and, um, my oldest stepdaughter who lives with us is at school, so I have about an hour and a half of being by myself, which is not bad, not bad at all, I mean, anyways, so I have time to update you guys about life. And also, um, there is a subject that is on my mind, and this thing is called Let's Vent. So I'm going to vent a little about a non-surgical thing. Anyways, first thing is I'm going to update. So my leg is doing way better. I would not say it's 100% yet. But physical therapy has done wonders for my legs. Um, I, when I first got hurt last July, I got assigned to a physical therapist who did not believe in me. And did not believe in the progress that I could make. Um... <clears throat> Um, I needed surgery, so I did not know better, but anyways, he did not believe in me. He did not believe that I could do it, and I needed that extra push, so I called my case manager and told him, hey, this guy said this and this and this. Um, we talked to my doctor, and my doctor said, there's no way, you know, you can do it if your leg doesn't need surgery or anything like that. You should be able to do it without surgery. So, I got assigned to another physical therapist who's kind of away from me, but the drive is worth it. Um, we did try everything we could. Before having surgery to get my leg to where it needed to be. Um, and I really believe because I had the um, strengthening of my leg that I did before surgery. That it didn't make it so hard after surgery. I mean, you're still going to have that period of recovery and it's still going to hurt because it did open you up. But uh, it's not as hard because those muscles, I mean, you started strengthening those muscles. So um, they're going to kick into gear. It's been about a month since I had um, my leg surgery. Like I said, it's not 100%. I'm not off of my crutches yet. But um, I'm able to go around the house without my brace. Using my crutches, which is wonderful. Um, 
I'm able to sit in a chair and bend my leg for a little bit. It does get uncomfortable, but that's because it's not 100% yet. Um, But I am able to bend my leg, which is wonderful. Um, How many times can I say wonderful? (laughs) And then, so my leg is doing pretty good. So on April 1st, I had a um, two-part surgery. So a surgery... Two surgeries in one, meaning they only put me to sleep once, but I did have two surgeries. Um, I had my fallopian tube, my right fallopian tube removed, and I had kind of a DNC, except I was not pregnant. They were looking at my uterus, which means they still have to scrape. And see if there's any uh, polyps or anything wrong. They wanted to see the shape of my uterus. So, um, they still have to dilate you to a 10. Like if you're having a baby. Um, and what they do is they use this, um, I think it's called a curette. It's like a special medical grade spoon and they scrape your uter- your uterus and they send a sample off to pathology to um see if there's anything wrong. Um visually that day she did not see anything wrong with my uterus. She said um there were not any polyps that she could see. But she did send a sample off. Um, she took my right fallopian tube and she sent that off to pathology as well. So, I went back Monday. Today's Wednesday. I went back Monday to see her, which is a week after. And, um... So, pathology came back that everything, all the samples of my uterus were good. There was nothing found. (coughs) I'm sorry. And, um, my fallopian tube had the hydrosulfid pinks and some... Calcium deposits. I'm not sure where that's from. She said it could be scarring. Um, so I don't know, but that's what came back. Um, and now moving forward, I have started progesterone. Progesterone, um, is taking 10 days out of the month. And then after you stop taking progesterone, those 10 days, the idea is that um, your body will formulate a period. Um, Normally, your body has a normal progesterone surge before you have your period. And then when you, like... 
the progesterone drops, that tells your body, okay, it's time to have a period. (coughs) My body does not normally do that. So that's what these pills are creating, is that search. Um, This time, she also wants me to see if the pills, when they create a cycle, if my body is ovulating. Now, why would I say that? I say that because just because your body's creating a cycle does not mean your body's ovulating. Um, since this is medicine-based, um, a medicine-based cycle does not mean that an egg has been released. Um, uh, And that is very important for when you are trying to conceive. Um, Right now, I am not trying to conceive. I do not feel ready after the surgery. It's only been a week and a half. After they removed my fallopian tube and after, um, the DNC. So I do not feel physically ready to try, but I am gonna see if after these 10 days, I started last night with my first pill, is if after 10 days, um, of the pill... I have to count 11 days after um, the first day of my period and take an ovulation test um, for a few days and see if I do ovulate or not. So I'll do that for now, but um, I'm not necessarily trying to get pregnant right now. Um, eventually, which I don't have to see my doctor for six months, so eventually, um, if I am not ovulating on my own, my doctor will then prescribe Clomid, at least that's what we've talked about, I don't know if she'll change her mind, um, by then on the medicine that I need. I am taking a baby aspirin every day for the blood clotting disorder. Um, we do still have to test for that, but um, because the last blood test came back inconclusive, but she's going to treat me like if I do have it. So um, I take a baby aspirin every night, and that just thins your blood. Um so it doesn't create those blood clots in your belly um, to prevent a, a possible egg from implanting when I am ready. Um, <clears throat> so that is what's going on with all my surgeries and those are the results. So now we move on to our regularly. I'm sorry. Our regular schedule of venting.
Alright guys, so I have a friend, and I'm not going to say names, because it's not my story. Um, I've had two friends so far who have lost kids in cars, um, not of their doing, it was out of their control. Um, they weren't even there when the baby was left in the car. Um, <clears throat> so the first one... I'm not going to talk about that is a legal case that has been going on for a while. Um, it did conclude um, either a month ago or, or a few months ago. But I still don't feel comfortable talking about it without permission since it was a legal case. Um Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the second one, I feel comfortable talking about it because it's not a legal case. And that's why I want to talk about it because it's not a legal case. So, this friend of mine, um, I have known since middle school. Um, she is younger than me. She was my cousin's best friend at the time, but because they were best friends... They hung out together all the time, so that's how I met her. Um, Fast forward, she is pregnant with her third kid at the time. And um, she did not feel like she was at a good place to have a third child. So adoption was in her mind. Um... She picked a family. A family approached her. Um, She went through an adoption agency. And, you know, did everything like she was supposed to. The day came, she had the baby. Um, She had this overwhelming feeling of, I need to keep her. But I can't. So, eventually, she did um, spend some time with the baby and hand her off to her new parents. Um, Her adoptive parents. A year down the line, she said it was a day like any other day. It was a beautiful day, so she had spent um, the day outside with her two older children. Um... And then she put him to bed, just like every other day. And then she got a call from her adoptive agency to come outside to talk. Um, And basically they told her that her daughter had been left in a truck. For approximately eight hours. Um, And she had passed away. Her daughter was a year old. Um, Apparently what happened is. The adoptive father was supposed to drop the child off at daycare. Um, 
and instead of dropping her off at daycare, he drove to the airport and he went on either a business trip, a pleasure trip, I don't know, but he left the state. Uh, adoptive mom comes to um, <clears throat> daycare after work and tries to pick up child up. And she's not there. So she calls the father. The adoptive father. And he gets to brainstorming. And says she's in the truck. Um. So the mother. Adoptive mother. Tries to resuscitate her. After she gets to the truck. Um, which of course failed because it was so hot that day that basically the baby suffocated in the car. Um, I know that accidents happen. I know that. I know that I'm human. I know that. Um, everyone makes mistakes, but the difference between the first case that I don't want to talk about and the second case that happened about a year ago, um, is police are investigating and did investigate and, um, put... The person who left the child in the car in jail for what happened. And the second person is not being being investigated. Um, they're saying that it was a freak accident. <coughs> now, I understand if um, you are thrown off your routine and you forget to drop off your kid at daycare. I completely understand that because sometimes you have to do things that you don't have to do every other day. What I do not understand is how you can unload your suitcases at the airport I mean did you have them in the front seat with you even if you had them on the passenger side you would have seen the car seat um I don't know like I feel like you had to close your door you had to lock your car you had to make sure that you did not forget anything in your car before your flight correct so I feel like, yes, freak accidents happen, and I am not in any way, shape, or form blaming this guy for leaving a child in the car. But you had to make sure that you had all your things together before you got on this plane, and... You didn't check your back seat. 
And no, like, even when you were at the airport, checking in, going through security, having to wait for the plane, maybe getting something to eat, um, while you were sitting on the plane waiting for it to take off, you didn't think of your child one time and say, oh my gosh, I have to run. I mean, children cry, children talk, children are active usually in the car unless, you know, some kids do fall asleep in the car. But you still know that they're there. I do not have children, so I am not going to start to begin to judge a parent with kids. Because I do not have little kids. I do have three step kids. Um, And. From my experience. I. Have never. Left my. Seven year old. Stepson. In the car. He is loud. He lets me know he's there. He's constantly talking to me. Um. I have a a 12-year-old stepdaughter also, and she's quiet, but I know she's there. She lets me know she loves me. She lets me know stuff. She talks to her brother. Brother and sister constantly fighting in the back because they're brother and sister. I know she's there. My 17-year-old stepchild... She's quiet when she's in the back seat, but her music is so loud. I know she's there. Or she's talking to me because she's talking about something that happened at school. Or, um, I don't know, she's telling me about her day or telling me something she wants to do or whatnot. So, I know she's there. Um... Even though I do not have a child younger than seven years old. I do not know. I, I, I am saying this about myself. I do not know how you forget a child in a car. Um, My mom never did it. My biological mom never did it. Even when we wanted to stay in the car. Where she was going to go grocery shopping or something. When we asked her and begged her if we could stay in the car, she would say no. Um, We had to go in the store with her. So, I did not experience that as a child. My mom never forgot me in the car. Um, I have never forgotten my three stepchildren in the car. I have never forgotten that I have my three stepchildren. Um, when we go somewhere together, the, my three little monkeys and they're attached to me or attached to their daddy or attached to their older sister. So, we have them. I know where they're at all the time. When I have to drop the kids off at, let's say, Walmart or... um. Lowe's or wherever I have to drop them off and mom happens to be inside getting something. I tell 
the 17-year-old to walk the 12 and the 7-year-old inside and do not leave them until they are with mom. Because there are bad people out there in this world and I'm not going to trust, you know, I trust my children, but I don't know who else is in that store. So I make my 17-year-old walk the two little ones into the store because of the surgery uh, into the store and drop them off with mama and then I am watching for my 17 year old to walk out I'm still watching her to make sure nothing happens to her um I think having children is not something to do I think it's a privilege I think um God grants us the opportunity to have these kids and um we're supposed to discipline and take care of them and teach them about the world and um prepare them for one day for them to grow and have their own families um and know what to do when they're out there in the world so having children is not just privilege is not just something that happens um so I guess my final thoughts are I know our kids get get on our nerves sometimes but let's give them a hug let's tell them we appreciate them because a lot of people don't get that pleasure of saying I love you one more time they don't get a last hug they don't get um to be annoyed anymore they don't get to say oh my god go to your room you're you're driving me nuts um I know there's other ways to lose your children other than um the ones that we've talked the one that we talked about today I can talk about those later but I the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I don't want this to happen to another person is adoption beautiful absolutely adoption is a beautiful thing um if you really don't think you can take care of your children or your child or whatnot, whatever your experience is, it gives another family who's longing to love another child for whatever reason, it gives them that opportunity to do so. It's every family going to be like these People that forgot their kids? No. Absolutely not. Um, I don't know why things happen the way they do. But um, I do believe that God has a bigger plan for everything. I don't know what you believe in, but I do. I believe God has a big plan 
for everything. And, um, God knows when it is our time to go. And I guess that baby was only meant to be here for a year. I don't know. But, Let's pray for the families involved. And, um, I will come back maybe next week with another venting story. I am glad to be back with no interruptions. Um, I didn't do them when my husband was here because it's weird recording when somebody else is here. When I'm alone, I feel like I can speak my opinion without getting interrupted or looked at. Or, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I can honestly say what I want to say. So, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys.